I want to move in a direction that may be a, a little bit tricky uh, because it's, a, it's about the Torah portion this week and the, the talking donkey is in there and I'm not really gonna speak about that, that donkey though it, I think it's a fascinating subject. Let's pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I, I want to focus on a, a sharp contrast of perspectives that that we see in, in the Torah portion. And one is the perspective of those who really want to follow the Lord, and the other one is the perspective of those who are dead set on opposing the Lord. And uh, a phrase really caught my attention. It's in Numbers chapter 22, verse 32. And it was, it was a phrase that I saw in David Stern's translation, The Complete Jewish Bible. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, why did you hit your donkey three times like that? I have come out here to bar your way because you are rushing to oppose me. And that phrase, rushing to oppose me, really caught my attention. The Lord took this extreme action and he came down and he stopped Bilam from going forward. One translation has it this way, I'm opposing you. I'm your adversary because the path is leading you headlong against me. Another says, your path is a reckless one before me. Another, I've come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. And then there's a word in the Hebrew that's, that's a difficult word because it's, it's the root word for satan, which means adversary or opposition. And this says, I've come out as an adversary because your way is contrary to me. I'm opposing you and trying to stop you because you're opposing me and trying to stop me. Or another, you are dead set against me. And then one says, you are going headlong into the way of destruction. And it takes all of that to capture really the Lord's perspective about Bilam. Bilam is using all of his power to oppose the heart of God. And I want to contrast that to what it actually means to put our trust in God. It's not just to put our trust in God that he will solve our problems. It's not just, oh God, I don't have enough of this and enough of that, but with you, I'm hoping to have enough. It's, it's not just that. 
It's not only that God will show his mercies and his kindnesses. There's more to it. To put our trust in God means we want to follow God on his path, on his way. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 35, verse 8, declares this. There will be a highway called the way of holiness. Say that with me. The way of holiness. The unclean will not travel it. Only those who walk in that way. And fools will not stray onto it. That really caught my attention. This way, the way of holiness, is not something you just stumble upon. It's not something you accidentally stray into. It's a path for the deliberate. For those who walk in the way and want to stay on the path. It's a path for those who say, I want to seek God with all my heart. My whole heart desires to be with God. And Yeshua said about this path that it's a narrow path. Not many find it. And so that made me think about, well, who does find it? What does it take to find the path? And if we take what Isaiah said and what Yeshua said and we bring it together, we can see that you have to be looking for this path. You have to be seeking for it, searching for it. And you have to continue to stay on the path. Matthew chapter 7, just a few verses, 13 through 15. Yeshua said, enter through the narrow gate, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Verse 14, but small is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life. And only a few find it. Then what really caught my attention is the next verse because I had always read that passage as if it were a self-contained thought, but it actually leads to another thought. Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, They are ravenous wolves. So it's interesting that Yeshua uses this language to talk about false prophets and the contradiction between their outward appearance and their inward nature. You know, they come to you like like they're a sheep. I mean, how many of you know that sheep do not wear clothes? So he's not talking about clothes, clothes that you put on. What he means is they come as the appearance of a sheep, outwardly. And so if, if one sheep joins a flock of sheep, they're, they're basically coming to eat together, right? But it turns out this sheep is not really a sheep. He's really a ravenous wolf. Ravenous. Isn't that interesting? So sheep gather together to feed together, but the wolf comes to eat the sheep. So those that appear to want to be with you, to eat with you, 
Actually, the false prophet wants to eat you, not to eat with you. He's ravenous. He, he's not satisfied with just a little. And so this is speaking about something that just fascinates me, the imagery of Bilam on the path to destruction. And Yeshua talking about the, the path and what the path is like. Peter said about Balaam and those like him at 2 Peter 2, verses 15 and 16. He said they've left the straight path. The straight path is the path that goes straight, but it's also, um, it can be a narrow path. They've left the straight path and they've wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness, but he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech, who spoke with a human voice and restrained the madness of the prophet. The donkey was instrumental in trying to restrain the madness of the prophet Bilam. So I, I put all that together and I think, what, what touches me and what touches my heart is this, that God is looking for nothing less than each of us being all in for him. He does not want just our religious behavior. He wants all of our life. In, in fact, one of the things that crystallized my thinking was a, a post from an old, old friend that just popped up on my phone today. And I haven't seen this guy in dozens and dozens of years. Um, but I knew him in Rochester, New York when he was a potter. And now he lives in Florida, somewhere far away in the other parts of Florida. But his name is Arturo de Vitalis, and he wrote this, sin is not what you're doing, it's what you're being. Deliberate, conscious opposition to the will of God, living apart and separated from his perfect plan for your life, and refusing to acknowledge him and rejecting his perfect love. And I thought, wow, we can focus, we can overfocus on behavior and misbehavior. But the Lord looks even deeper than that to the heart. And I can tell you this, when people's hearts are closed, their behavior will reflect it one day. Even if it appears that they've got the religious stuff down pat and, and they appear to be okay. On the other hand, we may be stumbling and have difficulty in our lives, but our hearts before God are really sincere. And we really want to follow him with all that we possibly can. And this is why the scripture says, the righteous may fall seven times, but gets back up. And why it says of, of God in the Amida prayers, so make no flim, he lifts up the falling. So it's not that God is just measuring your behavior and saying, ah, sorry, Charlie, you misbehaved too much, you're out. Or, 
oh, you come to services all the time and you're very religious, I see. So you're in. No, it's not like that at all. The Lord looks into the heart. And I want to encourage us about this. When you realize this, then you can find some comfort. Oh, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting in his mercies and his love. And I want to be on his way, which is the way of holiness. Now, if your heart is different than that, you'll say, well, I want to be on his way, but it's not the way of holiness. It's another way. No, his way is the way of holiness. You don't stumble upon this. You find it, and then you stay on the path. You find it through the scriptures, because each one of us has access to read for ourselves what God wants us to know clearly. You find this because the Holy Spirit, who comes to fill everyone who repents and puts their trust in the Lord and and accepts Yeshua's sacrifice to cover us, the Holy Spirit will speak to you things you don't even like hearing that are true. How many can verify that? (laughs) Right. And so life is always a wilderness. But there's a path in that wilderness, and it's the path of the Lord. And it's a good path. It's a wonderful path. And when you're on his path, you will find others who are on the path too. They may not look like you. They may not talk like you, but their hearts are like your heart. They want to be close to the Lord. Well, I'm thinking that it's a a joy and a privilege for us as a community to uh, always be able to be honest with each other. You know, we can tell the truth. Life, life is challenging, isn't that true? And if someone wants to tell you that they know how to turn life into easy street, you know not to be a sucker. You know better than that. Life is challenging. But life is meaningful as well. It's full of awesome discoveries of the mercy of God and the power of God and the grace of God, the compassion of God. It's full of challenges, isn't it? Where you think, oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good now. And then the Lord says, yeah, now I can work on the next stuff. How many can verify that one? Yeah. (laughs) So there's no room for complacency, is there? But I can tell you this, there's such joy in being on the Lord's path and staying on his path, keeping on his ways, and welcoming others who are on the journey to regardless of how different they may appear to us to be. It's a joy. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. It is a great thing that we have the opportunity to go with the Lord and then to go with those who are going with the Lord. And I want to encourage you, don't don't ever accept cheap substitutes that would tickle your ears or tell you there is no difficulty in life. That will just shipwreck your faith. The scriptures talk about how life is challenging. But this challenge is filled with joy and gladness. It's not miserable. It's wonderful. If you've ever set out to do anything hard, 
that's worthwhile, you know it's hard. It's hard to do great things and important things. It takes effort, it takes commitment. And it's not something someone else can just impose on you, you embrace it. It's not an accidental life. So I'm thinking, you know, we're not a congregation that's committed to flash and show. We're a congregation that's committed to genuine love towards each other, love of God, and being honest with each other and open with each other. That's why we're constantly praying for real needs that people have. Not superficial stuff, but really deep things that, that, that grip our hearts. People who really need the mercy of God. People who really need a breakthrough from God. People who need encouragement. People who need healing. People who need God's help because we know the value of that help from the Lord. We know it. And we're genuine in wanting to share it with each other and to encourage each other in it. Well, as, as we're moving forward, I, I'm really encouraged by Brian's word. And, and next week, I wanna pick up on a theme God willing, that Brian brought out, which is the theme of the salvation of the Jewish people and the salvation of the nations, and how these are unified into one grand calling, which we in the Messianic movement have. And I want to share that, but not today. <laughs> Next week. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you we thank you for the life that you've given us and the way that you lead us through the wilderness. You lead us even into the wilderness that we can experience you. We thank you, Lord, that we can run to you regardless of what circumstance we're in. And we can find you and we can discover, Lord, your present kindness and love. We want to say, Lord, we want to follow you all the days of our lives. And we want to see that our children and our children's children follow you too. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. If you're standing already, you're fast. And if you're not, hop up. And if you're all by yourself, if you don't mind moving a little bit so you're not, that would be great. Yivarachacha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.